0: I'm Joanne Bailey Borsma with Locally Entertaining, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have Kathy Holbrook, the Executive Director from Saint Cecilia Music Center. And you know, Kathy, I have to be honest; it's still hard not to say "society." I know, <laughs> it's I so know. It well, was that for a
1: long time. So, so yep. yeah. <laughs> so,
0: well, let's let's talk a little bit because I don't think people really realize how long the St. Cecilia Music Center has been around. And you guys showed, I have to say, saw you guys, what, a couple weeks ago for the luncheon? Yeah. That video that you showed was absolutely amazing on the history of St. Cecilia.
1: Thank you. Yes, mm. I'm trying to show that in as many places as I can because it really does a great job of outlining the rich, rich history of St. Cecilia Music Center. Mm. Uh, it was started in 1883 by nine Grand Rapids women. And uh, their goal was to get together to start a society, as they called it, um, to enrich the human lives of West Michigan through music, basically. And um, it's amazing because we, we have all of the first minutes of the meetings. They're handwritten minutes in these beautiful notebooks. And, um, and so from that point on, they, they were performing for each, other's, uh, for each other in, in their homes for a while. And the idea was that they would pick a composer and someone would come and and read about that composer and then the performing members would perform that composer. Um, After about 10 years they decided they really wanted a a home of their own and um, in 1894 the St. Cecilia building that we're in right now was erected and it was the first building of its kind and first organization in the country to be run solely by women. So it has Yay, a really, yeah, it has a really rich. <laughs> I mean, along with like the musical history, it has a really, really rich mm-hmm. women's history
0: mm-hmm. as
1: well. Um, of course, through the years, there's been a, a million incarnations of Saint Cecilia Music Society, and now Saint Cecilia Music Center. Uh, we changed the name in 2007, I believe. It was 2007 that we changed the name to more reflect what we wanted. A community to feel that it was their music center that it wasn't um a membership organization that you had to be a member to be a part of that everyone was welcome and um
0: and i have to be honest i think that really worked well because i remember when you guys kind of were changing the name and I had a couple of friends and they were like, oh, well, I, I thought that was like a closed deal. Like you had to be a, a member in order to go in there. And I'm like, no, it's concerts and you can, because I had gone in yeah. a few times for other things and yeah. other programs. And I'm like, no, it's concerts and you can go in and you can, you can buy a ticket just like anybody else and right. be part of it. And it kind of, I, I agree, it really helped open just that helped up. Just helped change
1: that, that idea. I mean, because at one point you, you did have to be a member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> at one point it was a closed society. Where people they had membership and only mm-hmm. and only women could be involved. And so it had changed so much that we want we did want to um, try to do away with that thought that you know, mm-hmm. you had to have some special rights to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, uh, it, the organization's been really solely known for all those years as a classical music organization. We brought in classical musicians. Um, we have education is a huge part of our mission. So we have after-school orchestras and bands and whatnot. But in, over the last um, 12 or so years, we've also expanded that programming. So now we have jazz a jazz series as well as a chamber music series, and we have a folk series that really spans quite a few different genres like country music and bluegrass as well. So that's really helped to, again, open up the audiences to St. Cecilia and and bring a bunch of fabulous performers to, to town. Well, let's you know talk
0: about those fabulous perform- performers because I was impressed I mean, I was impressed when they some of the people they brought in before and then you guys changed your program and it was like holy smokes how <laughs> many how many big name people can you actually fit in that yeah, right. <laughs> facility <laughs> at times I'm like whoa yeah and you've got some pretty heavy duty months where you've got like a concert practically every night yeah um every,
1: maybe every week maybe every, every, every week, week. Yeah. um yeah I'm um, sorry every week Yes, but we could keep that pace <laughs> <laughs> so. uh yes it's well you know we're in our eighth year eighth year i think Mm -hmm. of our partnership with the chamber music society of lincoln center huge deal which was a really really big deal to have that start um you know we had a chamber music program a Mm. series and and we were booking fabulous chamber musicians and string quartets and whatnot and uh a while back we had the emerson string quartet come and that was when david finkel was a member of the emerson string quartet and I actually, I actually personally knew David from what I call kind of my previous life, where I worked out in California, mm-hmm. and I worked for a chamber music organization. And um, pe- the the people fall, the artists fall in love with the hall. Mm-hmm. The venue is really special, 600 seats. The acoustics are amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, so David and his wife Wuhan, who are the co-artistic directors of the Chamber Music Society. They play their husband and wife, and they play together often, just as a duo. He plays cello, and she's a pianist. So when they left, I said to David, I said, well, we'll have to get you and Wuhan back for a recital sometime. Well, it took me two years to find a date that they were available Mm -hmm. because the Emerson String Quartet at that point was, I mean, it still is. David's just not a member of it anymore. Mm. You know, one of the most touring string quartets. They played like 200 concerts in a year so took me a couple years but they got there and um and I also knew Wuhan from again from my time in California so they they're very entrepreneur folks they're not just musicians they're great business people as well and you know sometimes you don't always see that Mm -hmm. Um, they're really focused only on the music you know and, but they really have quite a vision for themselves and for various um, projects so after the concert we all went out and they wanted to talk to me about quite a few things and they asked me a lot of financial information and about my board and you know these things I was like hmm <laughs> this is funny and David looked at me and he said I want you to think big how can we help you and I thought, oh, okay. When, okay. They, I, I just to say,
0: when they asked you that, I mean, what was running through your
1: head? Well, yeah. I mean, like now it's like twelve thirty. We've been—it's been a whole concert day. I have to admit that we're at the Cottage Bar <laughs> because we were going to go to One Trick Pony, and they have live music on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And so David said, "Well, well you know, we want to talk. We want to talk somewhere." And I said, "Well, there's a place around the corner. You know, it's really just..." a bar, bar, you know. Well, it's the oldest restaurant, and That's one right. of the oldest
0: restaurants in Grand Rapids. It is, so it is. Yeah.
1: And they said, well, we love that. We love chicken wings. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> there we were with chicken wings and martinis, and um, <laughs> I mean, you know, with the two, he- that two people that are in charge of the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, um, I, well, you know, I, I, did, I did kind of the smart thing at the moment, I think, just because I didn't want to undershoot it right you didn't want to say something that wasn't very visionary because then they'd say really that's not very visionary and you didn't want to overshoot it and have him look at me and say well I didn't mean that (laughs) so um I said you know what let me sleep on it Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna call you in the morning well I mean by the time I even got home that night I mean I think I had a vision for the idea that I wanted them to be the artistic directors of our chamber music series Mm -hmm. because they know everyone in the universe and they're really kind of the rock stars of chamber music So I called Wuhan and said, I think I know what I want to do. And so I said that to her. She said, oh, oh, yeah, we can do that with the Chamber Music Society. Yeah, yeah, we'll make that happen. (laughs) And I mean, I I just I couldn't believe it. So that was in April. And we started our partnership with them the next fall, Mm -hmm. which is kind of amazing because they planned so far out that Mm. the fact that we kind of fit into their programming was so that's that's really a, it's a very special relationship. They feel very connected to Saint Cecilia Music Center. They feel connected to Grand Rapids. We see a lot of the same performers, not all the same, but we see a lot of the same artists that come back for these various groups. And um, so our audience gets to know them. They're always extremely anxious and happy to participate in pre-concert artist talks. Come up to the reception afterwards, and you know they they know our audience now. So. Mm-hmm. It's a really, and and you can't, you really can't hear better chamber music. It is the creme de la creme. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, that was definitely a good day at work when that <laughs> happened. Um, and it's a good day ever since then when they come to visit because they're really amazing. So,
0: well, and now, but the hall, and let's talk about the hall because it's, mm-hmm. it's a
1: Royce Auditorium. Yes.
0: And it, it, for those who've never been into it, they should just at least go in and just see it. Because it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely one of the most stunning halls, I think, in Grand Rapids. Um, I know we've talked about this before, and I've talked to it with other people who, who go to St. Cecilia. That hall, when people see that hall, it's just like it's an addictive you, you just want to come back. Right. You want to see it again. Yeah. You want to be there when it, when somebody's performing. I mean, yes. it's the same thing with, you know, I, I, I would assume the musicians, it's got to be starting to build a reputation with your musicians and wanting to come in and
1: play that hall. It, it is. And especially the chamber musicians, because that's really what it was built for. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of them say, I wish we ha- had a hall that was this fabulous in New York. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how they... You know, they see it that way. And yes, but even the other musicians come in and and it is great to have them walk in through the back, like through the lobby Mm -hmm. and into the back of the hall. And everybody's reaction is like, oh, my gosh, you know, because it's just it's a beautiful historic space. Um, There's 600 seats in the hall. And so there's not a bad seat in the no, hall no, there's
0: not a, I, I think i've sat pretty much everywhere in that yeah. hall some 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 general area yeah and i've not ha- been disappointed at all
1: so um there's a really great connection between the audience and the artists that play and and it sounds you know maybe a little made up or something but at the end of every concert i you know i immediately make a beeline for the backstage because i'm gonna. Ask them to come upstairs or be with them to take them upstairs for a reception or something, and they come off of the stage and they just say to me immediately, "Oh my gosh, what a great audience you have! What a great space this is!" They have there's been kind of a palpable feeling of community between the people on stage and the people in the audience, and and they all feel that, yeah.
0: Well, and being an audience member myself and sitting in there and and just it just feels yeah there's 600 seats but it still feels very personable oh yeah um you know you're you're getting you you just feel like you're talking to the to the artist like yeah. you know, I feel like um, they're like,
1: kind of playing right to, to you yeah mm-hmm. and
0: and they're telling you stories and you know, things that you might not get <laughs> to hear otherwise you know you go to a big arena show it's yeah okay it's an arena show but this is like a real opportunity to hear some some pretty interesting stories and how they came up with their music what they're talking about um they're you know it's just fun and then the, the after sh- um after event
1: yeah We've we have got a post concert a... party after every mm-hmm. every concert every show you know 99 percent of the time the artist does come upstairs and signs cds and we sell merchandise they take pictures not every single time but most but of the that, time and you, you can't really get that anywhere well yeah <laughs> and that's
0: one of the most amazing things um because it's part of i mean if you buy a ticket don't you you're automatically able to go you're up. in there yeah Yeah, you're automatically able to go which is not true if you go to an uh, 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 large you know arena show um but what amazes me every time i go up to one of those is how each artist they just always take the time they're always willing, really, and especially i noticed this because i had my daughter with me one time she was 14 and they really took the time mm-hmm. to talk to her and to talk to her about music and oh what's your interest and well, mm-hmm. where do you think you want to go and I mean, that time she wasn't really sure where she wanted um But she did pursue music. I will say that. Um, But, you know, it's – they're just – it's like they have the time, all the time in the world for you. Yeah. And then they're done and they move to the – you know, they just do it for every single person, which is just a nice thing. It is. It it just feels
1: so – it just feels very special. It does. It does. I always um, Mm – I mean – I I always am amazed when I think about their lives that, you know, for me, when they're at St. Cecilia, it's a huge day, it's a huge night, it's a big deal, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they go, and then they do that somewhere else Mm -hmm. again, and they give back to that audience again, and they talk to people, you know, I mean, they're Mm -hmm. really, um, it's, it's more than just being, you know, a musician, it's about what you do in, in, in communicating with uh, everyone around you, Mm -hmm. um so they're yeah it's it's always pretty exciting when mm. artists come and sometimes you know i try not to be like the crazy fan person when they walk through the door cuz you know, i'm the presenter it's so so
0: <laughs> hard I, i'm right there with you i'm like i got to be the i've got to be the professional journalist
1: but right. oh my god you're right. so bad i know i mean there are some artists that we brought that i'm really huge fans of i mean that i listen to all the time and so yeah it's hard not to do that to be like oh my god i saw you at that one time and oh it's so great <laughs> But uh, yeah, so then we started the jazz series. Maybe I think in two
0: thousand eight. Well, now let's go back when you when you brought in the chamber society. Yeah, you you also you had that and you had something else. You, did you have the jazz series too at the same time or no? You just brought in the chamber. Um,
1: we had started the jazz series. The jazz series was going when we had that Chamber Music Society mm. partnership because again we were doing Chamber m- Music concerts, mm. but not like as a partnership with an organization like the Chamber Music Society. Mm. So we were booking the yeah, Emerson String Quartet or mm-hmm. someone like that. Mm. Um, now you know these programs that are coming on that Chamber Music Society series are kind of handpicked mm. by David and Wuhan mm. um, with those artists with those pieces that they're going to perform. So you really can't see um, those concerts but maybe five places in the country when they're doing them. You know, mm-hmm. It's not as if they're a, a, a group that's touring with that in every city that around.
0: It b- brings me a question. I mean, do you get people who actually will call in and say, I know so-and-so is going to be playing here this night. How do I get tickets? I'm in L.A.? do you do you get those kind of calls no
1: not from la Mm -hmm. because they would if i would think that if because one of the places that you could see the program from the chamber music society is lincoln center Mm -hmm. so i would think that a lot of people if they're really like Mm -hmm. off to see some they'd be going to new york for some of those things i think Mm -hmm. you know if they're from the midwest maybe Mm -hmm. but um yeah, so so they're really amazing musicians. when you think about it, the fact that they get together and learn just that program, mm-hmm. they play it a few times and then they move on to other music. I mean, it's not like they've got four programs and they just play those over and over and over and over and over again. You mm-hmm. know, they're always learning new music. So they're really, really quite remarkable musicians. So
0: even though it could be the same group that performed two years ago, it's not going to be the same concert. There's just no Mm -hmm. way, because they will have learned or done something different, completely different.
1: Well, it's funny, because um, they have, I mean, the Chamber Music Society has, like, this enormous spreadsheet Mm -hmm. of, like, they know. We played um, the Beethoven Trio in 2008 at St. Cecilia, and we were not going to program that again Mm -hmm. until, you know. Mm. So they really, they really keep track of making sure that they're not playing the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And again, they're, they're not like a formed group. So they'll say, okay, you know, Paul and Kristen and Wuhan and David are going to play that piece together. Mm-hmm. And they might not really ever do that again because mm-hmm. they're not like an actual quartet that tours. They're just musicians that they p- kind of plunk into these programs and then they work together on those and then they go work on something else.
0: And then they come right here to do that program. Um, well,
1: they go to maybe four different places aside wow. from Lincoln Center.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah. So How they usually play. Us. I know. I mean, you really have to travel to New York, pay mm-hmm. a lot more money for a ticket, mm-hmm. and um, to see to see this program, to see mm-hmm. that exact program that we're that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's amazing. That that's
0: <laughs> still just amazes me that. I don't think people realize how rich Grand Rapids is in getting that, and, and the, yeah. the and, and 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 how much you know we talk and I've talked a lot with oh, I sat with the people I was with with the luncheon and we were all talking about the music and the music scene and how much music there is here, but it helps to draw in some of that. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, has, it helps to have great facilities, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's amazing to me that you know here we have this really great potential, and we're just so close.
1: Yeah. It, it Really, it's right in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You just got to look for it. Yeah. So, so. Well, and they really loved, the Chamber Music Society folks in particular, really loved um, the history of St. Cecilia, and mm-hmm. that it was a home for music for so long, and that it was started by people who had the vision of, of bringing culture to the community. Like, they just felt very mm-hmm. drawn to that, too. So. Yeah.
0: Now, you were saying... Uh, you were also at the same time we're running a jazz series yes, too.
1: yes. and
0: you've kind of developed that jazz series as well. Yes. So, so uh,
1: the jazz series is um, brings really Grammy award winning, highly in demand um, jazz performers of various you know instrumentation to this four concert series that we do, and um, that's just you know. We just kind of handpick those. I, I, that's something I work with. a. I do work with a small group of people on just some recommendations and who's doing what in the jazz world right now. For instance, um, Lazaro Vega at Blue Lake, uh, Scott Vanderwerf at uh, WGVU, Chris Martin, who happens to be a violinist in the symphony but is a big jazz head mm-hmm. <laughs> and keeps up on all that. So they kind of um, – We get together and talk about what's going on in the world at the moment, in the jazz world, and um, I start looking into that to get some of these people. But we have gotten a great reputation in that community as well. It's a great uh, venue to come to. So it makes it easier for me to go back to booking agents and say, okay, you Mm -hmm. know, how about so-and-so? And Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, Do you have much problems? I mean, when you say, oh, we're interested in so-and-so, and and does it – generally work out or is it
1: it um well for the jazz series it generally works out it's (laughs) a little different on the folk end which we (laughs) could talk about in a minute but Mm -hmm. um you know the two things that would keep us from probably being able to bring somebody is that they just happen to be asking like a fee that we just cannot afford i mean Mm. there's 600 seats Mm. we're not going to charge $100 a ticket, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. For those of us who can't (laughs) do that. (laughs) So, So. you know, maybe if I really, really got some artists that I knew I could do that with, we might do it, but that's a big risk. Um, Or or we just can't find a date. You know, we just can't get a date together, which sometimes happens in the sense that they're on tour for certain times, and Mm -hmm. um, that's less likely. So I would say that at this point – we've kind of gotten a good sweet spot on Mm -hmm. the kind of jazz artists that we're bringing we know that we probably can afford them and we make it work out Mm -hmm. you know i mean the harder part is really that we only have four concerts Mm -hmm. i mean i could present 20 great jazz artists in a season it's just a lot of concerts then if you're doing that so um and sometimes you want to bring people back but then you want to bring new people and so that's, that's just kind of the juggling game that I play with that series in the sense that there's a lot of great artists out there.
0: Now, for each of the series, do you try to stay within four per series, or are you trying to keep – because, I mean, four times three, that's 12. Right. Um, that's a lot to bring yeah. in.
1: Well, the folk series. Um, so we have three. I know that the Chamber Music Society would, would love to have more concerts, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so th- we might we might expand that in the future. We sell subscriptions to those concerts, mm-hmm. so um, at this point, that's what you know. That's what we're sticking with. Mm-hmm. But the folk series. I mean, right now there's six in that series, and we'll add some. Mm-hmm. And that's um, those concerts are just really really popular. Those artists are harder to plan ahead with. Mm-hmm. They they just don't plan as far in advance as the other musicians do for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So this year, though, I'm I mean we were lucky that we've got six booked already, mm-hmm. but I've got a couple in the wings I think that are probably going to come to uh-huh. fruition. Wow! So that's a lot then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've got you know fifteen concerts so far probably this year. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is, you know, those are the
0: series concerts. This doesn't count your all the other things that go on. At the oh, public. absolutely. So that building's busy all the time. Absolutely. I mean, the ground up Symphony. I, my daughter, I know, for G, uh, GRCC is going to be in there. I mean, it's, the building is constant. building is very busy. Very
1: busy. Yeah. So, yes. wow. So, <laughs> I yeah. love your maintenance crew, by the way. Yeah. They're <laughs> fabulous because that building is spotless. It does look good. <laughs> it does look good, yeah. So. And then the folk series, too, the other thing about that is that it does span, like, country and bluegrass. So, so, my gosh, that's just, like, the list is endless of trying mm. to bring people for that, and that mm-hmm. too. That mostly would be a money and a date thing, mm-hmm. for sure. If we can't get someone, mm-hmm. um, but we're, I'm happy to say that that's a you know that's a relatively that's that is in a partnership as well with mm-hmm. the Acoustic Cafe Radio Show. Mm-hmm. Rob Reinhart is the host of that. It's a syndicated yeah. radio show, um, two hour show, a weekly show, and he and so I, I bounce ideas off mm-hmm. of him all the time, or he gives me some thoughts on people that are on new projects, have new albums, and that sort of thing. So sometimes, uh, when possible, they they tape an interview with Rob when they're at St. Cecilia, which is really cool, because then, like, all over the country, he says, I'm in Grand Rapids at St. Cecilia Music Center, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really does expand our pe- people's um, awareness of, of the venue, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, we start the season off this year with Leanne Womack on the Folk series. That's true. That's just a week from Thursday. It's a uh, October third. So, um, so that she's got a new album. That's that's kind of depart a little bit of a departure. Then a lot of people are gonna know her song. I hope you dance.
0: Actually, that's the song I used to play for my kids. Yeah, when, especially when my one daughter was down. That was like the, always the song I would yeah. always play for her. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. it's a little more rootsy, a little more b- country, like a little more edgy Mm -hmm. this this the this latest album i really like it a lot i got it when we booked her and i listen to it all the time Mm. um and then and then we continue on with like a you know judy collins is coming in october now how
0: many times has judy collins been here well saint
1: cecilia just once
0: okay she's only been once before i thought she had been a couple of
1: times grand rapids before Mm -hmm. so yes i Mm -hmm. mean it's not the second time in grand rapids but the second time at saint cecilia Mm -hmm. um she came in February of 2018, and it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you oh, know I like, was so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm gonna to meet Judy Collins, right? She sounded so good. I mean, and I was I don't know what it is, you know, she's got those songs that tug at your heartstrings anyway, and she's mm-hmm. got that voice, and she was, um, she did a lot of singing in the hall throughout the day. Like she's some artists guy come out just do a sound check, and that's you know. She kind of went on and off stage throughout the day and just kind of warmed her vocal cords up and would sing a little and then kind of sit out a little. And I just was in the hall, like by myself, with her singing. And I kept going downstairs and I would be in the tears. I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> and, my, and my staff was like, are you going to make it through the night? And I said, I don't know. I swear I feel like a wreck because it's just kind of so emotional. It was crazy, and she was one of those uh, artists that came off stage and literally like, well, I went out to give her flowers, you know, a bouquet of fl- presentation bouquet of flowers at the end of her night and on, on stage, and she turned to me and she looked at me and she said, "Kathy, what a what a magical place you have here." So she totally felt that that connection with the audience, that very intimate thing and when they came off stage her pianist um said to me you know we've played in grand rapids before but i mean this is the place we should be playing if we're playing in grand rapids like why haven't we played here before mm-hmm. i said you know she's like how do we get here and it cracks me up almost like she doesn't understand how that works i mm-hmm. said well i called a agent and i s- s- tried to get you she's oh <laughs> <laughs> like how you know that you know she just like kind of like coy about like oh really you know <laughs> so um i i immediately knew that you know maybe not not the next season but that we'd want to bring her back because she's 80 now mm-hmm. she still sounds amazing mm-hmm. uh she has a new album coming out in november so she's still writing and of course she's been kind of the voice of the people for a long time. Um, and it just, you know, I just got a lot of emails the next day of people saying, oh, this is really a special night. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited to have her back. Yeah. Nice, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and then just to go on a little bit more with, the, since we're on the Acoustic cachet, sure. um, you have the
1: infamous... The infamous String Dusters. String Dusters. Yes. Yeah. This is a bluegrass band. Mm-hmm. Really young, hip, bluegrass band. Grammy Award winning. And, um, yeah, <laughs> That's gonna be like a really fun show. That's they've got a light show that they're bringing in. Like it's gonna be a whole production, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's they've got a new album too called Rise Sun, and it's very upbeat, fabulous stuff. They're they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they're but they're really young, and and um, uh, you know I think we'll bring in a young audience too. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then you've got. I know. You got, okay,
0: so let's just say it. Roseanne, Roseanne
1: Cash. Yes, Ugh. I am, I can't even, Ugh. I can't believe we got Roseanne Cash. I mean, I'm still pinching myself. I'm watching that country music documentary right now, and you know, she's all over it, and it's just like, oh my gosh. I keep t- telling people, I'm not sure if I'm, like, more excited that, you know, Roseanne Cash is coming, and I love her, and she's amazing, or that I'm going to get to meet Johnny Cash's daughter. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. I know yeah so, so we that was a big get i have to say i was pretty excited about that um she's now, coming with her husband john leventhal who you know is a huge producer and musician in his own right so it's a big concert mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now
0: you were you were saying um a couple of weeks ago though that you kind of didn't they call you or how did that how did you end up getting her
1: no i um you how did i i mean i'm sure i inquired about her i don't think they called me okay um. Well. It, through Judy Collins' agent, mm-hmm. so I'm chatting with him, and you see the people that are on their roster, mm-hmm. and you start asking about things, mm-hmm. and um. He came through for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it got canceled at one point. We had a date, and then he said that's not going to work anymore, and and I said, well, that that's. Okay, I mean it doesn't have to be that date. I don't want to mm. let this go. If she's willing to come, let's find a date. Mm-hmm. And and so we finally did. I mean, I I, d- I mentioned this the other day at that luncheon, and we have four full concerts in February. And I mean that wouldn't be something I'd normally plan on. Mm-hmm. But you know, right when Roseanne Cash says, "Well, it has to be in, on February nineteenth you say, "Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. okay. Well, story we'll do I was that." Remembering, yeah, yeah,
0: that's the story. So,
1: mm-hmm. um. Yeah, you don't say, oh, February's kind of full and we can't do that. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, yeah we're going to do that. And then the same with Chris Thiele. Mm-hmm. Chris Thiele is, it was a was a really big deal, too. He is um, a mandolin player, a Grammy Award winner, um, Punch Brothers, Nickel Creek. He's a member of those groups. Okay. And right now, he is the new host of Live From Here, mm-hmm. which is the Prairie Home Companion reboot. Mm-hmm. So he plays with everybody in the universe, and host that show. And that, too, is, like, again, that's a Tuesday night. And we kind of tend to gravitate towards Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he can only do Sunday through Tuesday because he shoots live from here Wednesday through, you know. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we'll do Tuesday night. That's Mm -hmm. not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was a great um, find as well. And then the last concert that we have scheduled at the moment, at least, is this uh, Raul Madan. And he is going to be phenomenal.
0: And he's the one who does the sounds. hmm Oh, that the That, that video. horn, oh. m- mouth horn oh, thing my. that he does. Oh,
1: wow. that's crazy, right? Yeah. It's so crazy. It's like, You're I mean, like, wait a minute. Is yeah. there somebody else up
0: there with that? I know. I know. The whole ta- Our whole table was like, yeah. just, just <laughs> mesmerized by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, can you play that again? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That. Well, he's a
1: guitarist. He's um, he actually, I mean, he's kind of, he, again, I mean, he could have been on our jazz series. Mm-hmm. Like, he's won a jazz Grammy. He's kind of a crossover artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been on Rob's show, which is a folk show, mm-hmm. like, a bunch of times. So that's, I mean, that's really going to be an interesting night. Yeah, hes he'll play, he'll sing, and then he does all of these, like, instrumentation things with his mouth so that it sounds like there's, like, a band up there with him. And it's going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's blind. He was born blind.
0: Yes, that's the other thing. Yeah, um, I know. It, it meant, yeah, I remember you mentioning at the l- at the luncheon that he yeah. was born blind. But it, you can't. I don't know. You just so
1: he just. I mean, he's just kind of this. Yeah, musical genius, really. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's that will be a fun fun night for sure.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm 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 here. I'm I'm seeing and hearing him, do that horn thing, and thinking about it being at the Royce Auditorium and uh-huh. how incredibly amazing that's just going to be yeah just it's just going to
1: gonna be it. him on stage but it will feel like there's so many people on stage <laughs> with him <laughs> yeah so it's, it's going to be yeah that's yeah. a fun concert yeah it's a
0: really great concert so well let's let's go back a little to the jazz series yeah, yeah. yeah. you know because you've got some great names on this we series. do
1: we do we have four concerts in that series um it starts on october 17 with fred hirsch who's a pianist mm-hmm. and um I've had a lot of people in Grand Rapids say to me, you know, you need to bring Fred Hirsch, you need to bring Fred Hirsch. So we finally are doing that.
0: Yeah, He's not, he's there. I thought he's been here before. Well, he's not been to St.
1: Cecilia, but again, he's played, I think he's oh. played at Hope before. Okay. Um, he's been in the education world a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the really cool thing about this is he's bringing Julian Lodge with him, who is a young guitarist. Mm-hmm. And so that's not like a typical mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a special um presentation with the two of them. They've played together before, but it's not as if they're like a group, you mm-hmm. know. So, um yeah, I'm excited for that and the j- jazz lovers should definitely c- come out for that show. Mm-hmm. And then we keep going at the first of the year, um Emmet Cohen is kind of a right well, I'd call him a rising star or jazz pianist, but I mean the star is pretty much up there at this point, but he's very young. Mm-hmm. He's been at St. Cecilia before with the Christian McBride Trio. Okay. He was his pianist, mm-hmm. and now he has his own trio. But what uh, Emmett is doing, which is really a cool project, is he's got what he's calling his Master Legacy Series, mm-hmm. and he is um, working with some of the older jazz legends. Ah. He is interviewing them and recording those things. He is doing recordings with them, and he's going on tour with them. So he's trying to um, just put put into writing and into music their stories and their lives from kind of like an era long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, so the the person that he's actually bringing with him f- uh, with his trio for the January concert is Benny Golson. And that would be, you know, the legend mm-hmm. that he's working with on this. So it's his trio. And Benny Golson is a saxophone player um, and a prolific comp- jazz composer. Uh, Benny wrote Killer Joe, which oh, wow. everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So, so that, again, is like kind of a cool pairing. You know, Fred and Julian are mm-hmm. a really nice, uh, interesting night. And then the fact that... Um, Emmett's going to bring Benny Golson with him. Again, that's not something that you'll see very often, mm-hmm. and it'd be a chance to really see this young gun with this legend.
0: Yeah, and I, I was talking to a couple of family members who are familiar with, with jazz. Somebody, one of them mentioned they didn't even know Benny was still alive. Yeah. So that was kind of like, uh, you know, kind of astounding to them that yeah to hear that he
1: was coming up. He's gonna come. Yeah. So so that's yeah. exciting, and will be an interesting uh, night. Mm-hmm. And then we're bringing this absolutely beautiful Brazilian j- uh, jazz singer, Luciana Sosa. Mm-hmm. She is just got the most amazing voice. Um, her music has a little bit of a Brazilian flair to it, um, and she's got a an album called The Book of Longing uh, with these two other musicians. So it'll be a trio, and um, very a n- very night night of some nice smooth jazz mm-hmm. uh, vocals that evening in March. Mm-hmm. And then the Clayton Brothers Quintet is coming in April, and um, I think they're what it's like four of the members are Clayton, Clayton's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Clayton Brothers have kind of put the, together this group, and it's a little bit ever-changing, except for the two of them. And um, that'll be such a just a really traditional night of horns and bass and piano, and you know a really typical jazz, traditional jazz group. Mm And they're quite big educators, so they've participated in a lot of uh, jazz education throughout their lives. And I I am hoping to put something together while they're here as well, so Mm -hmm. that we can have them do a workshop or a master class or something like that, because they they do that often. Mm Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> what a lineup. Yeah, we're excited. Even, yeah, you're not even <laughs> done. You might, yeah. you might be adding some
1: more. Yeah. <laughs> I know one. We're adding one. I'm going to announce that probably in a couple of weeks, but I think we're going to probably have a couple mm-hmm. couple more folk shows. And then, you know, um, we do start running out of dates because, as you said, there's so many other things going on mm-hmm. at St. Cecilia. The symphony has a series there. The opera's doing a production there now. We rent the We rent the hall to various organizations Mm -hmm. we rent uh, for weddings a -hmm. lot of people get married at Saint Cecilia or they have their reception in the ballroom Mm -hmm. Um, plus we have our own school of music programs and they take up a lot of time in the building because they rehearse weekly Mm -hmm. so Monday and Tuesday nights are reserved for the kids Uh, Mm -hmm. we have three youth orchestras that all meet every Monday at various times Um, you could start in third grade at Saint Cecilia and go all the way through high school and kind of move up through all those orchestras we have a concert band which is like middle school mostly Mm -hmm. and um the jazz we have jazz groups Mm -hmm. um jazz ensembles and then we also have adult an adult band and an adult orchestra so those are amateur players that love to get together and play music you don't even have to audition for those groups you just kind of come and have Mm -hmm. a good time with them the band meets Monday mornings and the string orchestra Wednesday late afternoons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean,
0: it's, it's just a m- busy place. It's just, a am- well, first off, I think the building is kind of deceiving because it looks smaller than it really is. Mm-hmm. And secondly, to think all of that is going on in that building on the corner of, of basically Ransom mm-hmm. and Fulton. Fulton, yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing yeah. um i mean and, yeah and we hit- look and you go in and it's just it's so quiet you know, <laughs> yeah. nobody's like really in a rush to do yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. it's not, not that you're not busy but right. it's just that you know it's just it's even it's kind of nice, pace yes. you know you yes. just feel very you know i, I always like i, I Sometimes, I, well, I was rushing to that luncheon. <laughs> I was like, and I walked in and I'm like, like, oh, hi, and this is like, nice. I'm here for the luncheon, and they're like, oh yeah, it's just that way. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know I'm 10 minutes late, but you know, it just, yeah, you just you stop and pause, yeah. and it's just like it just gives you that fresh of air, you yeah. Know, you, that you just, I don't know, it's just something about the building. Um, well, there it is. Mm-hmm. a I
1: mean, you can kind of, I don't know. I think you sort of feel a history in it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you walk in, you're like, wow, this, things have happened here. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, you know, I always, if I let myself think about that, it, it's very awe inspiring. Th- mm-hmm. All of those years that, you know, they, they had that building built, they opened in 1894. It's been in continuous operation ever since as a music center. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it never, it was slated for demolition in the 60s and the community saved it. Um,
0: and, and bless our community, and bless our community again because they actually ha- came forward and helped with renovations yes
1: we do i mean it's been yeah. renovated through the years obviously but the latest renovation was about three years ago mm-hmm. um and they did we put two and a half million dollars into the building and it was fully paid for by donations from the community mm-hmm. we didn't have to take any loans out we didn't have to take any construction loans out mm-hmm. um and that and it and we're really happy with that renovation it touched everything from really really important stuff like a new roof Mm -hmm. and new hvac system to all of the pretty stuff Mm -hmm. you know carpeting and paint and lighting and all of those things put new seats in the auditorium i remember the seats Mm -hmm. everybody had to try two seats Uh uh-huh so i remember that
0: but that you know that must make you you feel good it must make the staff feel good to know that the community just supports it you ask and the community
1: comes forward oh for sure i mean mean, it just
0: seems like you were like like that we've got the money
1: well yeah. it may be a little harder than that mm-hmm. but it happened yeah it did happen mm-hmm. you know I think the um so there are a lot of planning went into that and you do make sure that you've li- you know aligned yourself with people that you do know are going to support it which mm-hmm. really helps um the the key, the one of the windfalls of that uh campaign was when Mr. Waggy passed away mm-hmm. and left us a million dollars. Oh, wow. And, I mean, talk about, again, like a good day at work. You mm-hmm. know, the David Wuhan story was a good day at work. This was a pretty big day at work. We had asked for an endowment gift mm-hmm. in, the, in, in previous years, and we were told that, you know, the money would really go into the, the Waggy Foundation, which makes sense, you know, because mm-hmm. we still get support from the Waggy Foundation but i I got a phone call from Mary Nelson, who is uh, Peter's daughter, mm-hmm. and she said I me mean, she said, "Are you sitting down?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i I mean, I really did almost fall in my chair. Mm-hmm. She said, "I mean, my dad left it in his will that he wants to leave St Cecilia a million dollar gift. Mm-hmm. We were in the midst of that campaign, mm-hmm. and we were able to use that as you know the the lead gift Mm -hmm. and it just everything rises up to that you know it really really is amazing how um, having certain really wonderful generous individuals lend their support does encourage other people to do that as well Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. that was really something
0: (laughs) now and it's always a tricky thing to ask and I'm going to say but what about ticket prices I mean what are they about average for you guys
1: oh well they're about 40 bucks $40 40 to $45. Dollars. To I mean go f- to one of these. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's not, not it bad.
1: No. Um, I mean, j- there's a couple that are 50 and 55 and mm-hmm. that's based on fees and things that we need to cover. But for the most part, um, I mean, the whole Jazz Series is 40 and $45. Dollars. Mm-hmm. We have an A section and a B section. Mm-hmm. Um, it, all of those ticket prices include that post-concert party where there's wine and beer and mm-hmm. dessert and coffee and the chance to meet them usually. Mm-hmm. Um. You can subscribe to the Chamber Music Series or and the Jazz Series, both, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. and um, if you do that, there's a fifteen percent discount on single ticket prices, or a twenty percent discount if you do both series. Mm-hmm. We don't normally sell a subscription to the J uh, to the Folk Series, excuse me, because we ha- we we don't have them all booked it, mm-hmm. at, th- at once. Mm-hmm. So those are individual tickets, mm-hmm. but um. Yes, I mean, I, I I would say that it's a quite a reasonable ticket price mm-hmm. for that up close and personal. You know, that's not experience. amazing.
0: To, I was actually thought it was more for some strange reason, yeah. but no, that is an incredible ticket price compared to what you would pay for anything else. Um, so wow, that's amazing that you can keep it that honestly keep it that low. I know. It, I mean,
1: yeah. I, I, yeah. Some people are like, you need to charge more, <laughs> 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 and you know. I wouldn't mind charging a little bit more, but we maybe we'll inch up along the years. But, you know, we want to make sure we're a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. We get sponsors that help subsidize these concerts. We have presenting series sponsors um, so that we don't have to necessarily say, oh, well, we have to pay that artist this much, and we have to pay this much in other costs, and so now the ticket price has to be $100, mm-hmm. right, or something like that. Um, we try to ke- keep them reasonable so that it's really accessible to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean that's really what we're here for is to enrich the community through music just like those nine women wanted us to do <laughs> So we're trying to uh, you know hold the oh. torch mm-hmm. and and do that in the most economical way that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: well and I'm gonna ask the, the always the question that people always say to me parking where can people park?
1: Oh their- parking yes. <laughs>
0: Parking. (laughs) Oh yeah, go parking. Yes. Mm.
1: Well, (sighs) parking is always a problem. We we have our own parking lot Mm -hmm. right on the corner of of Ransom and Fulton, but it is only about you know forty spots available, Mm -hmm. so it fills up immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, We have pre-concert receptions for the jazz and the chamber music concerts that are fifteen dollars a person, and so if people go to that, like that's filled up with the people who are coming. Mm -hmm to mm-hmm. that pre-concert reception because they get there earlier mm-hmm. um we usually point people to that library lot mm-hmm. um because it's it's only maybe five do- three yeah, or four, four dollars yeah, it's not
0: that expensive because i i park there for like civic shows and your yeah. shows and yeah. stuff too so
1: you could park across the street at park church mm-hmm. they've got a huge parking lot but it is it's a ten dollar fee mm-hmm. they have a Kind of a machine right there at the parking gate mm-hmm. and you need a ten dollar bill like you need mm-hmm. you know they don't give you any change mm-hmm. so you don't want to put a 20 in there <laughs> and then now you've paid 20 dollars mm-hmm. for parking yeah. <laughs> well you know what yeah. considering in chicago
0: and a few other places yeah. it's not that bad yeah. for parking and then our
1: other neighbor is first united methodist mm-hmm. and they're very generous to us with their parking lot uh, you know again what happens with park church and first united methodist is um if they have their own events going on then mm. their parking lots are reserved for their own events, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't have an event going, First United is really, really mm-hmm. nice about leaving that their gate open. Mm. So it's kind of behind our parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, at, at night, there is street parking. I mean, mm-hmm. and after 6, there's no parking meters. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to feed a meter or anything like that.
0: Well, I always tell people, I mean, you're paying to go see the concert. A few more dollars for parking
1: shouldn't yeah. really be a... a we a tried to do valet parking, and I it, it's I was shocked that people did not like that. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't. I think they felt, well, then our lot ended up being for the valet. hmm And so they felt kind of forced into it, I think, maybe. But, um, yes, I mean, we just mm-hmm. try to... try Probably, yes, I think that people need to start to understand that they do need to pay for parking downtown most of the time. Mm-hmm. If they go to DeVos or something, that's a given that they're Mm going to pay for parking. Mm -hmm. So if you're lucky and you get one of those 40 spots, that's great. (laughs) If First United is open, get one of those spots. But otherwise, you know, I would think Park Church usually is open for that $10 fee. -hmm. And the library lot is not Mm -hmm. super expensive. So,
0: So. Parking certainly has been an issue as far as filling up those concerts because those concerts are amazing and a lot of great people coming in. Um, And I'm sure you're probably going to have some – Sellouts, and throughout. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> the year. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, which was what gets into my whole point to people who are listening, that you know, if you really s- hear something that you want to go to, the biggest thing, and I've always been an advocate of the 20-some years I've been involved in entertainment is buy that ticket because it's going to you're going to put the date aside you're going to make sure you're going to go you're going to plan it out and it's going to be the event you want versus oh maybe i'll go maybe i don't go make that decision and that commitment because it'll it's secu- one it secures your spot so that you're if it is a sold
1: out right which i would bet we from. sold a lot of mm-hmm. them out last year most mm-hmm. of the book shows were sold out last year
0: yeah so yeah if if it's a sold out You've got your ticket, and you can at least get in the door. Yeah, and that's something I always tell people. Yeah.
1: Well, so. I like that attitude, Joanne. So, oh, that's it's a good attitude. A Everybody thing. should definitely listen to that attitude. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and I would
0: say, you know, if you if you're really into a series and and you really like it, and you see two out of the four, get the series because chances are you're going to love the other two. That's yeah, why we, I've fallen into a
1: love with a lot of people. That's so. a great. That's a great mm-hmm. comment too. Mm-hmm. It is because mm-hmm. that's really. What I hope people specifically for, let's say, the jazz concerts, because, mm-hmm. you know, the jazz artists in general, if you're not like a, a you know, a jazz connoisseur, mm-hmm. they're not household names per se. They're, I mean, they're Grammy winning jazz artists in their own genre. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the folks are artists, a lot of these people are names that people do know, know their music. But I want I want the audience to start to trust us, mm-hmm. to trust us that we're bringing really great artists and that you could discover a new favorite or be exposed to something that you haven't seen before if you get that whole series, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people have told me that, like, oh, I never heard of Gregory Porter, and then you brought him, and now he's my favorite artist. You mm-hmm. know, so um, I think there's a lot of that con- that discovery that can happen at Saint Cecilia, mm-hmm. and same with the chamber music uh, programs. I really encourage people if you haven't really tried that, g- give it a try. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at how dynamic and energetic and just invigorating these those programs are and they bring a lot of young musicians I mean it is not a lot of people like oh you know it's gonna be boring like oh no (laughs) it is not boring I mean so because they're just like classical music of small ensembles you know it's not a big orchestra Mm -hmm. they just don't they're not sure if they're gonna like it Mm -hmm. and once they come they're usually hooked because it's it's just fabulous music Mm -hmm. played by phenomenal musicians Mm -hmm. so it doesn't get better than that and you know really it is you can stay home and listen to your cd it's not the same no
0: it's never the same it's never
1: the same you want to go see performers live because there is a connection that happens um with the with at st. Cecilia it happens with the artist but it also happens within your own audience community you connect with people when you're at a at a concert
0: and the fun thing is you never know who you're going to see there mm-hmm. and i've seen people that i haven't seen in a couple of years and mm-hmm. all of a sudden oh hey julie i haven't seen you in a while or you know you just you get excited it's, yeah. it's it just makes that night even better yeah. and sometimes it's just for me after the uh, after party it's being a chance to sit and talk to these people that i haven't seen in a while right You may not see again for a little while
1: right um yeah it definitely brings people together mm-hmm, so yep
0: Well, thank you, Kathy. Thank you. We appreciate everything that St. Cecilia Music Center has done for us over the last 100 plus years. (laughs) That's amazing to me. Um, But, yeah, this is great. And, again, remind people that if you really want to see something, you really want to hear it. Make sure to get that ticket before you forget. Um, and so, Kathy, I want to thank Kathy Holbrook, the executive director for St. Cecilia Music Center, for coming out and hanging out with me today. Thank I appreciate you. it so much. I hope we can do this again soon because I just love sitting and talking to you. <laughs> so, and I'm Joanne Billy borsman with Locally Entertaining, and we'll see you soon.